Yesterday we said that Sehirut is what's needed to save a person physically and spiritually, as we explained at length yesterday. He says once a person has the ability to save himself, how is it conceivable? How is it possible? How is it possible that if you know that you could save yourself and you know there's danger ahead, how is it possible that you're going to make believe that you don't see? Le'alim enav means you're basically ignoring, you're basically putting your hand over your eyes from being able to save yourself. Meaning, if your eyes are open and you're taking precaution, you'll be fine. So how could it be you put a veil over your eyes so that you won't be able to have hatsala, you won't be able to save yourself? Now, over here, there's a word that very much bothered me when I read it. He says, How could it be that a person wants not to look? I mean, he's not just saying, I would have said, meaning I would have said, if you have something danger ahead, how could it be that you won't look? How can it be you'll be on the top floor of a skyscraper and there's no fence? How can it be that you won't open your eyes to make sure you don't take the wrong step? So I would have thought he's going to say, how can it be you live in this dangerous world and choose not to look? Choose not to think ahead. Choose not to take advice. Ech yitafen. That's not what he says. He said, how is it possible How is it possible that he wants not to look? You follow? When somebody, let's take someone in physical danger. Just understand what I'm trying to get at. But I need your help. I need your help a little bit. Sometimes I have the question. I have the answer. If somebody is doing something dangerous and they choose not to look in the danger they're in, they choose to close their eyes. You ask them, how could you close your eyes in such a dangerous place? You're in a place where they have all minds that are going to blow up. How could you, how could you walk there without looking? Simple question, right? But imagine telling the person who's going through these landmines, how could you want to ignore what's ahead of you? So I'm not asking you, how could you ignore? I'm asking you worse than that. How could you want to ignore? I mean, not only are you ignoring, sometimes a person can ignore and not realize ignoring. A person could walk in an area 
if he doesn't realize it's dangerous. Follow? If a person walks through an area and doesn't realize it's dangerous, so then you ask him, how could you not pay attention? You're in a dangerous place. He's not talking to that guy. He's talking to a guy who knows it's dangerous. But he willingly decides, I'm not looking. So he's telling him, how is it possible that you can decide not to look in a place of danger? You follow? Now, who is this guy? Who is this person that knows it's dangerous but wants not to look? So, till, till I read this, I thought, okay, there are people who don't know it's dangerous Ed. So they don't look because they don't think it's dangerous. But all of a sudden, the Islam opened my eyes. But there are people, and maybe it's us, that know it's dangerous, and we make a choice not to look. We don't want to look. That's a, that's a bigger condemnation than a guy who doesn't look because he doesn't realize it's dangerous. That's much worse. He's not saying that people in this world don't know there's danger in He's not saying that a guy who gets married doesn't know there's danger in He's not saying that a person lives his day-to-day -day life thinking there's no danger in this world. He's not saying that. That maybe is a tipesh. Tipeshim don't read Mishlai the guy who opened this book is not a tipesh. person who is intellectual, who has a brain. What he's telling you and I is, is that people do know there's danger ahead. Danger physically, danger spiritually, they do know. But they choose to ignore the danger. It's an unbelievable thing. To choose Rot said, I want to ignore it. I don't want to see the danger. Why would someone choose to ignore danger? The danger is for him. Why would you choose to ignore it? Listen to what we just learned. We just learned that the human mind, you would think this is impossible, right? But we learned. That the human mind is capable of closing their eyes, closing the eyes of the mind to an imminent danger ahead. When I say imminent danger means you know there's danger on. Now if the danger is that second, probably you won't be able to ignore it. What's the reason? How come if there's danger right this second? For example, if I'm right by the balcony and there's no railing, that second you won't be able to, that danger you won't be able to ignore. How come? The danger that's in front of me doesn't need me to think. The danger in front of me is there. You see it. I don't need to go to my mind to see, oh, uh, is this really dangerous? Bottom line is, when there's danger 
in front of you physically, you don't need your mind. So therefore your mind won't be able to decide to ignore it. Because it doesn't get to the mind. It's already, it's reality. So when I say imminent, I mean, it's, it's for sure happening, but it may be a minute away, an hour away, a day away, a month away, a year away, 50 years away, whatever it is. It could be imminent, meaning it's happening. But because things in the future require the visual aid of the human mind, we cannot see the future physically. The only way you see the future is with your mind. So once you are going to the mind, so now the mind has the ability to blind itself from the imminent danger at it. The body cannot blind itself. The body, that's why if there's fire ahead, you're not walking in. No matter who you are, you're not going into a fire unless you want to kill yourself. But a normal person would never walk into a fire. No matter what. Because, because the fire is right there and you don't need your mind to understand the danger. So when you don't need your mind, you won't be able to decide. Because remember, this is a decision that your mind is making. Your mind is making a decision I don't want to see. But if your eyes are looking at the danger, you don't need your mind to decide you're already seeing it. So that means any danger ahead, any kind of danger, that's ahead where you need your mind to see that danger that you have an enemy called the enemy of I want not to see that's already a very big edush that the human mind is capable of deciding not to see you would think me and you might think that's kind of impossible. The human mind is brilliant. The human mind is logical. The human mind will not make you blind to what the mind knows is dangerous. You would think this is impossible. You would think that the only way a person could go into danger is because he doesn't know the danger. You would think, you know why that guy became an alcoholic? You know why that kid became a drug addict? You know why that guy? Because he didn't know. So what do you do? How do you solve this problem? You teach him. You say, oh, listen, you know, uh, drugs are no good for you. Got it? Tomorrow we're going to have a test to make sure you got all the information. Tomorrow it takes a test. 100. Wow, he learned. Drugs are no good for me. Then he teaches another lesson. You know, drinking, no good for you. Got that? You understand the rules? I got it. Let's take a test. 100. The guy's acing every, every item. And you start from the most obvious, like drugs and alcohol and gambling and all that. And then you get the more sophisticated things. You know, if you get angry in life, it's not good for you. So let me teach you. Let me teach you about anger and all of its ramifications. Let me show you what anger does. So you give them a whole shiur maybe for a week or two or three, about the terrible effects of anger. 
Okay, you got it? Beautiful. Let's take a test on it. And the guy aces it. Every point he goes and he answers. You educated him. Now you go into more, you know, more important things perhaps, like being humble. And then maybe you talk to him about his spiritual well-being. And you start teaching the person. And now the guy graduated, where basically you taught him all the dangers of life. Imagine you had a course, the dangers of life, and you started from the lowest, and you went to the highest, and you taught the guy everything, and the guy graduated valedictorian in the course of the dangers of life. So you say to yourself, I'm good. What, what else is there? I educated the guy. I tested him. He knows the information. It's over. He's done. The guy is safe and clear. What are you talking about? That's what would happen if you live in the street and you never read Mesilat Yasharim. If you never read Mesilat Yasharim, so you would think that you solve people's problems by teaching them how there is a problem. If you teach them, you're done. So your whole life, that's what you're thinking. You're teaching your kids, don't gamble. You're teaching your kids, don't do this. You're teaching your students, schools are hiring professors to come in and give people all of the chokmah of what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad. And everybody's so proud of how they are just helping the next generation. And after 50 years of doing that, you open up the Salat al-Sharim and then, oh no, I missed the boat. See how you could live a hundred years of thing, of thinking. You're doing something great for humanity and you're doing something great for your community and for your children. You think you have the, you, you won, you won success. And in the open of Islam, it says, you did nothing for humanity. You did nothing for your children. Because what you taught them is very possible they already knew. So maybe they didn't know what you taught them, good. But you didn't really help them. Because teaching somebody about what's dangerous doesn't really help them. Because their mind is still willing and will volunteer to make them blind to the dangers that you taught. So imagine all your years of teaching, all the testing, all the information that you gave that person that you care about, it's all there, but you forgot that there's blinders in the human mind. And therefore all your information is worthless. And he asked, he said, I don't understand. I taught him this. I taught him that. So what's going on? Now again, the regular public out there, when they see a drug addict, they say, we need more education. That's what people say. They get very excited. We need to educate people about this behavior or that behavior. We have to educate people to teach them about this subject. And everyone says, oh yeah, wow, that's right. That's in best education. But it could be very well that you're investing in the wrong education. What's obvious 
to every human, says the Mesilat Yesharin, pay, pay attention good. Your education has to be in a whole different section. You don't need to tell them about the dangers. There is a blinder in our brain that chooses not to see the danger. That blinder is called the Ratzon. It's my desire not to see danger. This is the most critical part of education. I don't mean education in men and in science. I mean education in real life. And you didn't take care of this step, either because you're not aware of it, and even if you're aware of it, right now we're aware of it, we still don't know how to solve it. If you don't solve this problem, so then you really have done, I could say, almost nothing for the person you're trying to help. So it's a problem. And by the way, the proof's in the pudding. Today there's more education in our community about drugs and alcohol than probably any time in our history. And there's no more history that more, no more time in our history where more drugs and drinking are going on. How do you explain that? Today, as we live, we have an infestation of drugs and alcohol like never before. Gambling more than ever. Bravo. And never has the community gone together to educate about this more than before. Sometimes we teach the Hiji. You teach them how to do it. I think after I said the answer, they say, I like, uh, you have to know that this Ratzor, this desire of the mind to want to ignore danger, right, is based on another desire. I mean, why would the mind want to hide from danger? It must be that the mind has a different Ratzon that collides with this one. The mind is not suicidal. The human mind is our system. Why would there be a Ratzon in my mind to ignore the dangers that's going to ruin my life. Answer is, it must be that there's another Ratzon that I really want and in that Ratzon this danger doesn't fit. So then I block. So for example, let's say I had Let's say my Ratzon in life, which is, by the way, according to many people, their Ratzon is this. Let's say your Ratzon in life is to be socially popular, accepted, you're the man. That's your life mission, which is probably true of a very large percentage of people around us. That their real Ratzon in life is to be respected by the people around them. They may tell you no. They may tell you it's not true. They may say, I don't care. 
The, the louder they say, I don't care, they care, the more they can. Yeah. And the more they dress like they don't care, the more they can. And the more they feel they make it like they're loose, it doesn't matter. Those guys care the most. I told you once, a guy who makes his hair loose because he doesn't care how he looks, took him three hours to do that. The overwhelming majority of people around us, their ratson in life, their real, real ratson in life, what do they really want? They want to feel like they're somebody. And where do they get that feeling of being somebody? When the people around them treat them like a somebody. That is the reality of a 10-year-old, a 13-year-old, a teenager for sure. Even as people get married, as they get older, everybody's got that song to feel like they are important. And who decides if you're important or not? The people around you. If they invite you to all the important parties, well, let me tell you something. Everybody's got their own list, their own group. You may have his list, you may have your list, but we all have a list of people around us that make us feel important, right? And sometimes they are very sick people, and even the group around them is not enough for them. They're just looking to use that group to get eventually to the, to the next level group. But regardless, everybody has one ratson. The one ratson is to feel valuable, to feel mechubad, to feel kaved. You know what kaved means? Heavy. Heavy means that you exist. Heavy means that you're, you're somebody. Everybody has a desire to feel like they're somebody. One more time. I didn't say it's bad. I, I said every human needs to feel mechubat. Hazal said, ezel mechubat. The good thing. To feel mechubat means to feel like you're a somebody. To feel like you have, to feel respected and valued. Everybody has a natural ratson to feel valued. And most of the people that we know, where will they get their value from? From the people around them. From this person, oh, they invite me to their parties, they invite me to their weddings, they stand up for me when I walk in, they ask my opinion when they have a problem, and so on and so forth. When you feel valued by the people around you, so you feel satisfaction because you have a ratzon to feel valuable. This ratzon Hashem made. We all have a desire to feel valued. And therefore we go and make sure to do whatever it takes to feel valued by others. So now you're in a community or you're in a group, or you're in a social setting, 
where values, right? You want to be valued by these people. And all of a sudden, they're doing something that's dangerous. Dangerous in the short term or long term. Now what happens? So you got a problem. Because my mind wants me to feel valued. The way I think that's going to happen is by these people looking at me and saying, wow, what a guy. And now I have a situation where this value, this value of mine to be accepted is being attacked by doing something that's not good for me. So what am I going to do? What is the mind going to do when it has such a conflict with the mind? What the mind does is it puts blinders. He says, I am going to go and put the blinders on the danger. This way, my ratson, my desire to be important, can continue protected. Because I have a great ratson, and anything blocking that ratson, I will ignore along the way. So in reality, the only way to help somebody in this issue, which is all of us really, we all have a piece of this problem. Some have more, some have less, but we all have to work on this. The only solution to this problem is to develop a ratson for things that don't conflict with the dangers of life. In other words, the, the ratson that now is in our mind is the ratson for popularity, for belonging, for, for being valued by all the people around me. Those, that ratson, excuse me, that ratson can come in conflict with dangers. But if I develop a different kind of ratson, Let's say my ratson is to be valued, true, but valued not from external sources. Let's say I find my value in what I do, in what I accomplish. I find my value because I learn Torah, I learn Chokhmah, I find my value in my mitzvot. In my kibbutz in my care and not speaking lashonara, in my tzedaka, in my eset, in my connection to Hashem, I have a sort to be valuable. All of us do. Question is, where do you want to get that value from? If you're getting it from within yourself, so you never have to worry about putting the blinders in the dangers of life. Why would you do that? It never will come into conflict because the dangers of life are always against the ratson of being valuable from within. Value from within never comes into conflict with the dangers of life. You won't have to give up your well-being to feel valuable from within. You only have to give up your well-being when you feel have to be valid on the outside. 
you'll be in the wrong places, you're doing the wrong things. You know why? Because you want to be valued by the people around you. You want to feel that value. And this is the way to do it. So your mind says, okay, don't see the dangers ahead. Don't worry. Raise your children anyway. You know, I know people. I know people. And this is without exaggeration. Not exaggeration. I know people that they would rather their children be drug addicts, but be in a certain social environment than to be religious and not be in that environment. I tell you this, I know for a fact that there are many, many, not one or two, many people that would rather risk their children be drug addicts, but so long as they and their children been in a certain social climate and their children be healthy and health and happy but out of that climate no question and they're making their decisions all day based on this they will let their children go to certain places that if their blinders were off they say what am i nuts why would i send them there why would i allow them to do that why am I raising them this one? But their blinders are on. Because where they want to be, they're not so on. This is what's done. If that's what's done, well, the mind says, shut it out. The only way to help people not fall into the trap of their mind blinding their decisions in this area is you have to exchange their ratson. Their ratson has to be diverted. You have to teach your children that real value comes from what you accomplish, from what you do, not what people think. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't make you valuable because people think you're hashu. It doesn't make you valuable because people think you're sharp. Because people think, oh, wow, you're so successful. It doesn't make you valuable because people come into your house and say, wow, what a house. It doesn't make you valuable because you have a nice car. That doesn't give you value. What gives you value is what you accomplish. Is your learning. Is your mitzvot. Is your kindness. Is your character. That's the real value. So what happens? You raise your children. And sometimes the messages are very clear. Sometimes they're even spoken about. And sometimes it's understood that what's important on this Shabbat table is the watch that you're wearing and the car that everyone's wowing about and all the So that's what you talk about. That's all that matters. That's what it looks like. And therefore, you have a community of young people growing up thinking that what's valuable is what people think about it. And therefore, how do, how do you get people to think about you? You do allow things. And then your brain comes to hide all the dangers to fit that, that soil. The only way that a person can really help people is by changing their ratson. Not to be valuable, that's needed. You need to feel valuable. What's your source of value? When a guy gives you a compliment, or when a guy says, wow, 
You're so sharp. Wow, you're so unbelievable. Because you got that invitation in the mail. That's why you feel valuable. Or because you feel valuable because of what you're accomplishing. What we don't, if we won't trade that value, we'll never succeed in education. Real success is by having the ratzon, your desires, in the right place. And that is, but we have to work on ourselves first and foremost to start realizing what people think about you doesn't make you valuable. Remember that. Doesn't make you valuable. All the stuff that people look at doesn't make you valuable. You can enjoy your home, but it doesn't make you valuable. Doesn't matter how much money you have. You can enjoy it. Doesn't make you valuable. Your money, doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't make you a valuable person. Does not. No matter how smart, how successful, doesn't make you valuable. These are big mind changes. We grew up that way. It's automatic, of course. That's what makes you value. It's not. It may be a gift. It may be a tool to help you. Doesn't make you valuable. Your value, when you go to sleep at night, the values that make you valuable. What did you learn today? What did you help today? How did you grow today? How did your character become better today? Did you have more patience today? Did you hold your anger today? That's what makes you valuable. Nothing else. That kind of person will never want to hide from the dangers of life. There's no reason to. Gentlemen, have a beautiful day.